past lawn, uh, you can turn right uh, and you end up in this little spot. And this here is like a bit of a horseshoe uh, uh, spot. And you can see that there are cliff faces that go about 30 metres high all around the campground. You can have a look. There's another photo uh, there. You can see it, it's quite high. Now, because it's away from the city and because of the caves, two things happen at night time. It gets super cold and it gets really, really dark. Now, has anybody ever been in a situation that even after your eyes have adjusted, you still can't see your hand in front of your face? Give me a wave if that's you. And who somehow in their mind begins to talk themselves into the fact they think they've gone blind? Has anybody? You know, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't see anything, my hand. Oh man, it's nothing. And then you start searching. Has anybody ever, is it, is it just me? I see, I think I'm the only hand. But I know I'm not the only one because what happened is in the middle of the night, because it was cold, Lila, my youngest daughter, she's five, at the time she was four, woke up and couldn't see anything. And she began to freak out. She started screaming. She was scared. She didn't know what was going on. I quickly got out. Okay, April, quickly got out of the bed <laughs> and turned on the lamp to comfort Lila. You see, what had happened is because of the darkness, she was disorientated. She was scared. She didn't understand. You see, if we think about the world we live in, it's actually without Jesus, it's a little bit like that. You see, for some people, they grew up and maybe their dad left when they were young and the world got a little bit darker. Maybe they lived life and all of a sudden uh, their marriage was in trouble or their relationship with their kids fell apart and the world got a little bit darker. Maybe their mental health or their physical health went and they got a little bit darker. Because we actually know the fact is this, is that without Jesus Christ, in our life, we're actually, we're in darkness. You see, Lila was in a situation. And I reckon if we can turn that one off behind me. Where she was in darkness. She was scared. She couldn't orientate herself. So the next day I went and I bought this little mushroom and we hung it at the corner of my bed. And in a dark room, even though this light is very small and maybe even insignificant, yet in a dark room, it becomes the brightest thing. In darkness... It became an item that you were drawn to. You see, in the Bible, we're called to be the light of the world. Jesus said in John, I am the light of the world. But he said in Matthew that you are the light of the world. You see, in the darkness, this light 
even though it's small and might be insignificant, it brought Lila peace, orientation, strength, because in the midst of the darkness, she found hope. You see, it's not about this mushroom, the fact that it can stand by itself, its colour, its size, that makes it significant. It's the light that illuminates from within. You see, in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it actually talks about that we are the light of the world. It is not us as the vessel, but actually it's that we are reflecting Christ's glory to a world that without Him, Jonathan, if you could turn that off again, is in darkness. Without hope. But because Christ came into the world and came into our lives, people can find hope. So we're going to do right now is I'm going to warn you the lights will come back on. They'll get bright. And then they'll calm down again. Can we give Lockie a hand? Well done, man. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Let's pray that your words will be spoken this morning. We pray that we understand, Lord God, that we represent you in situations that without your presence are lost. But we thank you that with you we can find hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't know if I've ruined the lights. I know that I blew all the lights in the in the green room by doing that, but we have a dark spot. So I'll try and avoid that dark spot and I'll stay on this side of the room because we can see, see that there? That's my fault. Am I in the dark spot? No, no, it's not bad. What about now? Yeah, yeah, so I'm good over here, but not here. All right. So we'll see how we go. If everyone starts doing this, I'll know what's going on. Are you with me this morning? God is good. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Verses 14 to 16. I just want to bring a devotion this morning, a thought around these verses of Scripture. If you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. I've put it on the screen. If you have your phones, why don't you look it up? Or, or if you brought your Bible this morning, turn to it. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says this, and it's Jesus speaking. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The thought I came around this morning and as I pondered this week is, do I shine my light? Do I reflect God's glory in every situation that I'm in? Because He called me to do so. As I pondered around this verse, in, in verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. You are who you are. Growing up, I wanted to be tall. 
And I actively tried to pursue it. I would hang from trees, hoping that I would stretch. I ate whatever would come near me. And then after eating, I would go back to hanging from trees in the pursuit of being an NBA basketball player. I had a dream. And after months of commitment, see, I realized with my personality, I'm very all in. Whether it was table tennis, whether it was eating, whether it's chess, whether it was watching something, I'm all in. I was going to be tall. I would hang from trees. And after months of effort, there was no results. Anyone else need prayer for that this morning? You see, I realise this as an adult. I am the son of Michael and Julie Chrisopulli. Both stand a mighty five foot two. I had to realise that I am who, who I am. No one can play the role that God has designed me to play better than me. I think I'm five foot six, so something went all right. Still below average height, but not five two. But you see, I don't mind. I look back on that and I go, God has designed me a particular way. When I look at this passage of Scripture, Jesus is telling us who we are. You are the light of the world. One of my favourite statements for my children, and if you don't have kids yet, learn this. And if you already have kids, borrow this. I say to them, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. Amen. Dad, talking to Jai, I don't want to, Jai, can you please put away the dishes? Dad, I don't want to, I'm playing. That's okay, Jai, because I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. I think my favourite is Lila. Lila, it's five degrees outside, you're not wearing a tutu and a singlet to church. And she's like, but dad, I love it. <laughs> and I go, Lila, I love it too, but I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, go and get changed. There's no option in this statement. Jesus is telling you who you are. You are the light of the world. I think about this, that the world is in darkness and if God has designed you to be who you are and you are in relationship with Jesus, you are reflecting His glory and therefore you will bring light into the situations that you're in. You are the light of the world because of Jesus reflecting His glory through you. I love what Spurgeon writes and it inspires me to burn brightly for Jesus because he writes this, If you as a Christian community that reflect God's glory burn dimly, dim is the world's light and dense is its darkness. I don't want to do that. I want to burn bright for Jesus. I want to be an example. I want to show the world of his love and his glory and his majesty. And I want God to use me. And my prayer is that God will use you in your world. So as I pondered on this scripture, I thought to myself, well, how do I burn more brightly 
How do I have a greater expression of your love, your majesty? How do I represent you? 1 Corinthians 10.31 is one of the things that I lead my life by. Colossians 3.23, they both read this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you have a look at this scripture, when we get to the end, verses 14 to 16 says that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In 1 Corinthians, it's saying, whatever you do for the glory of God. So how do you burn brightly? Whatever you do, whether you're in IT, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a nanny, whether you're a mum, whether you're a brother, sister, son, daughter, filling up your car with fuel, weeding the garden, eating dinner, whatever you do, That counts us all in. It says, do it for the glory of God. Because what happens is that people that are in darkness are drawn to light. I can't help it. As soon as the lights went off in this room, I noticed the exit signs. I noticed the kids' room. I noticed the cracks around the doors. I noticed the cracks around these doors. Why? Because when you're in darkness, light shifts atmosphere. You see, when we are emanating, reflecting Jesus from our lives, what's happening is God is using us to draw people to Him for His glory. How is your whatever? Whatever you do, are you shining God's glory? You know, as I thought about this, I quickly realised that as the Scripture goes on, We are better together. But before we talk about us collectively, we need to talk about us individually. I wanted to give you some examples real quick about how you can burn more brightly. Are you looking for opportunities to bring God glory in your whatever? Maybe it's buying someone lunch. Maybe it's going out of your way to help someone. Maybe it's forgiving someone who doesn't deserve it. Maybe it's choosing your words wisely. Maybe it's arriving early or leaving when your boss leaves work. Because in the whatever you do, you are reflecting His glory. In a world that's dark and lost and broken. Jesus said, I am the light of the world in John. But in Matthew, he says that you are the light of the world. We reflect his glory. Has anybody ever been for a drive past Melbourne City at night? Give me a wave. It says there in the scripture that a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. If we go to the next slide, there is one. Isn't that cool? That's Melbourne City. All the lights illuminating together. I love this analogy because what it's saying, it's saying that a town that's illuminated on a hill can't be hidden because all of these lights coming together 
create a collage of beauty and wonder and light and energy. And in this scripture, God is saying that when you come together shining your light and you come together and when you come, we all come together, we're like a city on a hill. It can't be hidden. That to me states that if you are shining for Jesus, it doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world. When we shine Christ's love together and we reflect and emanate who He is, it cannot be hidden. We're better together. I didn't tell you we're going to do this, Lockie, and it may not work, but let's have fun with it anyway. If you were to turn off all the lights, I want everybody that has a mobile phone Real quick to get it out. Why don't you put your torch on? Cigarette lighter, I'm up for that. I don't care if you've got one of them too. Let's go old school. Let's have a look around. I can pick the young sections, right, by the... Now, have a look at this. Someone's going with their screen. That's a beautiful thing. That's not a torch, but we'll take it. See, there's someone's on Facebook during the sermon. Come on. But if you have a look around the room, everyone look around the room. How cool is that? Better together. Better together. See, if you have a look about this, this here, what's happening right now is if you imagine that you are reflecting the light of Jesus in your life, when you enter a room, this is what's happening. But when we enter a room together, there's great impact. Thanks, Locke, if you turn the lights on. Sorry for being a pain. You're doing great. When you shine, it cannot be hidden. You know, for me this week, when I pondered on this scripture, the song took on a new meaning for me, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Why? Because I want God to get all the glory. So as I ponder and as I think, I want you to reflect on how is your light shining Has it grown dim? And how do we show people that why we are shining is for His glory? I started thinking about it. We can do a lot of actions. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So we can do a lot of things that are great. But, but how God, I want to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that the world knows that when we shine together, that it's for your glory. So a great way to reflect on how you are shining is how you are loving. You see, it says this in Scripture, in John 13, 35. But this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How can we show the world and reflect His glory, it's by loving one another. I'm going to give some wisdom that's just off the cuff to everybody in this room. This is a bee in my bonnet. If ever there is an opinion out there in Facebook, now I'm not saying to be silent, I'm saying to be appropriate. Where there are different opinions about what's happening in the world, especially in the Christian arena, and if in a public forum it blows up, Please don't weigh in with your opinion on Facebook. 
in a public manner where we are to be an example and shine Christ's glory to our community, not look like we're infighting and different opinions and hypocritical. The biblical model is to go to the person in private and if you can't come to a resolution, get someone else and then go to the church. It doesn't say go in a public arena where you have thousands of friends and you have thousands of friends and you have thousands of friends and hundreds of people get to watch fighting going on. That's not, that's not shining God's glory. Be very careful in the example that we lead as a community because we are for God, we are for His kingdom, we are for unity and we are for being an example to the world. So a little bit of wisdom. So it says this in John 13, 35. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It says in the Bible that what's an example of love? Well, it's patient, it's kind, it's long-suffering. We know that love serves. We know that love puts others before itself. We know that love doesn't want others to suffer. How can you be an example, love genuinely the community you're in and be an example to those that see it? Because what happens is when my light gets together and your light gets together, we become a city on a hill that when people that are not in that city, they see it and their desire is to go and experience what's there. It's actually not about the vessel. It's about what's coming out of the vessel. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about reflecting Jesus in us. Because here's the thing, the vessel without the light on is useless. If you think about it, it says this in the scripture, in verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Lock, let's turn the lights off again. To me, this makes no sense. Why would this lamp be turned on and then you cover it? Lucky, why don't you tell me that yesterday, man? <laughs> I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix Let me try. Look at that. I'm an experienced campaigner now, aren't I? Look at that. This makes no sense. You know there's holes at the top of this container? <laughs> so I'm going to lean like that because it's in the dark and you can't see me. See, what's happening is, is Christ has said, you're the light of the world. So we know the purpose is it's not about the vessel. We know it's not about its ability to look beautiful, its shape, its, its, its performance, but it's the light that is reflecting from it, that is coming from within, that is what makes it desirable, that is what makes it useful, that is what changes the atmosphere. And what Jesus is saying is, oh, I'm so confused, it makes no sense that a person would put on a lamp and then cover it. I think about this illustration from the perspective of if this is Christ in your life, what are you letting get in the way of your relationship with Him? Because if you're in a situation and you're called to be the light and you are not shining His light, then are you in the function that God has called you to do? 
Because this brings no shift to the atmosphere. This brings no change to the atmosphere. This is a Christian at a party that you can't tell because they're having as much alcohol as everybody else. This is a person that's in an environment that is getting agitated and they're yelling. This is not opposite spirit. This is opposite spirit. How can we illuminate to the world God's love and God's glory when the world can't tell the difference? So my question that I ask you is, when you go about your life in your work meetings, with your family that aren't walking with Christ at the moment, in your personal walk, when you're by yourself, are you like this or are you like this? Because I know what one Christ has called me to be. Warning, the lights will come back on. Got to get my notes reorganised now. We are better together. But when I think about the purpose of this light, Jesus says it makes no sense to cover this up. But he actually goes on to say in the second half of verse 15, instead they put it on a stand. They put it up somewhere where everyone can see it and it gives light to everyone that's in the house. You see, the purpose is not to be hidden. The purpose is to be an example. Don't live an undercover Christian life. See, the problem is people walk around going, I'm not going to let anyone know I'm a Christian. It'll be my action. Great, but this is my challenge. Let them know you're a Christian and then live accountable to it. So that they go, okay, he's a Christian and look at the way he lives. You see, my friends, they grew up, they called me God boy at school. Something at the time I struggled with, now very proud of. Many, many, many decades later, not many, I'm getting not that old. A decade and a half. Feels like many, many, many. You know, I feel like I'm going bald. I'm stressing out at the moment. Is that like a senior pastor anointing in this house? I don't know. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Must be an eldership one too. Hallelujah. But what happens is 15 years later, that example that I was, one of them, and I've shared this story before, was feeling like some spiritual dynamic was happening at his house and and he calls me. We're in touch maybe once or twice a year on each other's birthday. But he called not because of me, not because of the vessel, but because he remembered what was the fruit and what was coming out of my life. You see, we're not called to live hidden lives. Christ said you were the light of the world. So be that purpose. Get on the stand and be an example to those that need light, that are running around in brokenness and darkness. So you love So you serve in the purpose that whatever you do brings God glory. Because it goes on to say this, and I might get the band or just yourself, Teagues. It says, in the same way. So what's happened? He's talked about don't cover up your light, but put it on a stand. Be an example. And it says, in the same way now, like they would put a lamp on a stand, it says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others 
that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm so grateful that because of Jesus, I get an opportunity to be in relationship with God. Because of Jesus and my faith in Him, I'm made righteous through that faith and I get to reflect His glory to the world. But when I think about light, I think of three functions. Light exposes. Light exposes the fact that we are sinners without Christ. Light has exposed the, the, the fact that without Christ, humanity is lost. It exposes sin. It exposes brokenness. It exposes cracks. But not only does light expose Light reveals the victory we have in Jesus Christ. The fact that that brokenness is not a determination of whether we can be in right standing with God because of the light that is Jesus in John says, I'm the light of the world. Because of that light, we have an understanding that we are in right relationship with God and that we're called to be an example for it. And light guides You see, after experiencing Jesus and His salvation, we then are led by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. A lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So in closing today, I want to ask a question. I pulled this out of our camper trailer. And it's funny, Lockie and I spent a couple of hours here yesterday. We were trying to hook up a camera and I was going to leave this on a table and it was going to go to the screen. And we, we spent about an hour and a half working on it when I realised I'd brought the wrong camera. Well done, Charles. But you see, at that time, this light was very dim. Now, it's not that bright now. But at the time, it was very dim. But in order to serve its function this morning, you know what we did? We changed the batteries. We went and we found what it needed in order to serve its function as best as it possibly can. When I think about it, people go through seasons of spiritual dryness. Some people go through seasons of distraction. Some people go through seasons when the light within them and the light that guides them loses. Now, I don't think it's anything to do with, with Christ at all. I think it's to do with the fact that our focus has shifted. We've changed. Christ doesn't change, but our focus does you know, as I looked at many different illustrations on light, lights, uh, it, it can be bent, believe it or not. It, it can be to do with how it's moving, its velocity, its strength, its colour. But its purpose is to be seen and, and shine bright in this situation. Now the question is, how are your batteries? Uh, let me ask it more bluntly. 
How's your spiritual life? How's your walk with God? How's your prayer life? How's your devotional life? Are you taking opportunities? Are you loving? Are you, are you doing the best job you can in every situation possible that in the darkness you represent and reflect Christ well? So with every eye closed this morning, ask the band to come this morning I want to ask a question of you my desire in leading this community is that you would pursue God and his goodness for your life and his plan and his purpose for your life but I know his plan and his purpose is primarily the fact that you would reflect him in the whatever you do would bring him glory. So have you been shining the way that you should for him? And if you haven't, what I want to encourage you to do this morning is to reflect and then to say this, God, I'm going to stand right now, but as I stand... I make a promise to try. In every situation I am, I want to declare to you today that I will do whatever I can to shine as bright as I can so that you would get the glory.